0: The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP.
1: Hello and welcome to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guest Woo-hoo! today is Charlie Epstein, who brings yeah. his own cheering crowd, wherever he goes. A, a crowd of one. An arena of many, but a crowd of one, yes.
0: And a cigar for yes, the radio, it seems. Just
1: in case. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, you know, so funny. St-
0: I was driving up here and I was eating, you know, I'm drinking my Starbucks and drinking food, and I went, oh my God, my breath. Doing, I know what will fix then I, it. And then I, and then A the, cigar. Then the voice in my head said, dude, it's the radio. Yeah. I said, I know, but they'll smell my
1: breath. Um, so because I'm in business development and because I meet with so many people, I carry around the jumbo container of gum. So if you need some gum, just let me know.
0: No, no. I have the uh, what are the uh, mints, those really harsh... Altoids. Oh, yeah. Nice. <gasps> yeah, those Pop are good. two of those and your mouth's on fire. Curiously strong. You just
1: start eating them all the time and then your tolerance goes so, up. So
0: the reason for this? Cigar. Yeah. Thank you. <sighs> Welcome. It's radio. It's so helpful. It's I try. It's a very so I, uh, early 90s a, thing. I have a challenge that I gave myself. So I play golf so I can smoke a cigar. Most people play golf so they can play golf. Mm-hmm. I play golf so I can smoke cigars. And in rehearsing for the show, I think we're going to talk about that today. Mm-hmm. I said to my director, "I am not gonna smoke a cigar until the show opens." So I've literally been walking <laughs> with him. The-
1: How long have you not smoked a cigar for? A couple weeks. Yeah. Okay. Do you norm? How often do you play golf?
0: Uh, you know, lately I've been like right now. I if I wasn't here, I'd sneak out for nine holes. Yeah. Just so I can relax.
1: Yeah. And- downtime. smoke a cigar. Do you check your phone on the course? No. No. Is that like a no-no? Because one doesn't I just forget lied. the other. That was my first oh.
0: lie. Did my nose grow? <laughs> a little bit.
1: <laughs> it's going to be I lots of lies. I can tell. This Pantomimes. Is, this is
0: not sex, lies, and videotapes. No. This is Yield of Dreams.
1: Yes. And Charlie Epstein. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's nice to see That's you in so the flesh. Long. It's been a while. I was thinking about you this morning in my days at Taylor Men.
0: That's so great.
1: They were. It was great until it wasn't great, but mostly it was
0: great. But that's what life is all about. <laughs> it's about transitions. <laughs> it is.
1: It is. And in preparing for this, I was thinking about you and um, how great you've always been and just what a big personality um, I've always so known you to be. I remember at 16 and then... You know, later in life. As, you were as
0: 16? 16
1: when I started at Men. You Taylor used to Man come in. men's
0: clothing store. That yes. doesn't exist oh anymore. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, where Jackson and
1: Connor is now. That's Jackson um, and Connor. My yeah. old store. And so you, you would come in oh, and God. you would be this huge persona that would I would never know what you were going to do. There were only a few people, um, customers. uh, No, not shoplift, not shoplift. But just be crazy, just be like. Didn't
0: know he was doing.
1: Right, exactly. He's like, look over there. That's why it closed down. Yeah. No, we were pretty good up there. We kind of had, you know, we had all that stuff unlock. But yeah, you always came up and you always put me a little bit at ease. I mean, uncomfortable, not at ease, because I never knew what you were gonna do, and I was always kind of like, okay, I gotta get ready. He's coming in. He's here. What is he gonna do? It's good practice. And for so later this in
0: morning, life. when you woke up, did you? Oh think, yeah, oh I was my having God. a little
1: like sixteen-year-old Taylorman PTSD. Like, okay, what is it? What is it going to be?
0: And he shows up with a cigar.
1: Yeah. On the fly. Fully dressed, really nice outfit. Very well. Looking dressed. good. It's looking like ready. he's still
0: shopping at Jackson and Connor. Yeah. Yeah. Ted Baker. Uh-huh. Oh. I love Ted Baker. Maybe. Although actually, maybe they, they lost. Jack they, they lost their way in the last couple of years. Because
1: you're a Hartford guy, right?
0: Ted Baker was no. This is New York. In London. Ted Baker was so great. They're London-based. And then no, they lost their way. A Hartford guy, there's nothing in Hartford.
1: You don't... Well, Stackpole Moore isn't there anymore?
0: I've never oh. stopped in Hartford.
1: But didn't I you grow up in you. Hartford?
0: Uh, Around Hartford? Briefly, my my father, very good. Family was from Hartford. You I listened a to
1: a few podcasts oh, that you did. you <laughs> did. Beforehand.
0: That's really good. <laughs> yeah, my father, because he started a women's clothing store here in Springfield called Deb's. In downtown Springfield. And in my show, I say, I think the reason he called it Deb's is because women didn't want to, you know, his name was Bob. They didn't want to buy brassieres from a store called Bob's. Do you know what so I love about that, Debs. though?
1: Jackson and Connor is the cross-gender version of Tara and Candace. So if I was a boy, I'd call myself Jackson. And if Candace was a boy, she'd call herself Connor. Hmm. So cool. I completely agree yeah. with your dad's dad. Deb- and then
0: his best friends actually started casual corner stores, which... Doesn't exist anymore, but it was huge back in the '60s, '70s, and '80s. So we have that in common. That. Yeah, retail. I grew up around the rag. We called it the rag business. You know, yeah, the rag business.
1: That's what Ira calls it. Right. The yeah. rag business. It Must be why we all like each other. <laughs> but it's so important, right? Hey,
0: audience, have we lost you already? Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's so <the> western. <laughs> no, of the this business, is yeah you know, exactly we're talking about the rag
0: business. <laughs> it's business. Yeah, it totally. It's all it business. Is. Yeah. Boo. And it's all about. This is like starting a business again, people hanging up on me.
1: No. No. But it is, you know, it is about where you come from and what you learn along the way. And totally. Hartford, your entrepreneurial beginnings are from that. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. You had a lot of entrepreneurs in your life. I
0: did. Oh, good. Didn't (laughs) you? I did. (laughs) Yeah. My grandfather, Max Epstein, had his own accounting practice in Hartford, Connecticut. I like to say when I was growing up, he used to go to the country club, Tumblebrook Country Club in Bloomfield, Connecticut. It's still there, but he was one of the founders. So it was like, I was like four or five, and I would go there, and my grandmother and grandfather were like the king and queen, you know, people waiting on them. And he always had a cup of black coffee in his hand and a cigar. Uh-huh. And he always had a smile on his face like he knew the secret. And I was like, oh my God, I want to know the secret. <laughs> You know, someday I want to know the secret. And I got all the Shirley Temples, or we called them Roy Rogers, right. I could ever want, which is probably why I'll, I'll be a diabetic someday. because, <laughs> After like straight Grenadine. You know, it was just the best growing up as that five-year-old kid going, oh. and then of course my dad being an entrepreneur, and then my mother's side of the family weren't entrepreneurs. My mother was an opera singer. She went to Juilliard and Hart School of Music. And her father, my grandfather, Henry, was concertmaster at Radio C Music Hall in the 1920s. Wow. So I like to say I was born with a divine discontent.
1: Are you a Gemini?
0: Oh, hell no. Okay. My first wife was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a good thing. There's, there's no video November 8th, baby. Right I'm a Scorpio. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just checking. Well, what's your month? Gemini, I'm a Gemini, June. Oh, this oh, is my month. Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, gee, he just insulted yeah, Gemini. I know. So there's there is
0: a polar attract attraction between Geminis and Scorpios and it is then really bad. Mm. <laughs> so as long as the show as long only as, as hour we just long, put, so it's good. As <laughs> long as than, we adore each other <laughs> uh, this it's been way, a while, right?
1: And then we can check that box. You're for the twin a personality. While. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm I'm an absolute Gemini for sure, through and through. Mm. But I'm married to a Scorpio, so Mm-mm. opposites attract, wow. right? Monty and I have had this conversation about how opposites <sighs> attract in your relationships and then you spend the rest of the time My figuring current, out how to be. My current wife is a Sagittarius. Yeah.
0: It's a much better fit for Scorpio.
1: So I have a question. Please. Does she work at Epstein Financial? Yeah,
0: she runs the insurance division. Yeah. We laugh, we cry, we scream at each other. (laughs) Driving up here, it's like, she's like, only the difference in this marriage is we then laugh about what we just did. She was married 25 years. She calls her first marriage extreme market research. (laughs) And I call my first marriage of 25 years severe market research. Uh So we have 50 years of that. And we're like, oh, that stove is hot. Do not touch it. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but but to your point about family and growing up in the house you did and, and learning from your grandpa, well, I mean, it's it's market research, right? It's, totally. It's really important knowledge. My was the
0: entertainer, yep. flying around. She was the town piano teacher. Oy. And my dad was the lighthouse. He was the calm in the storm because it was crazy in my house growing up. It was great. It was absolutely great.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it was the best of my, both worlds. My
0: sister, my older sister... All I knew of her was the back of a door slamming cuz she was crazy. And then my brother who was in the middle would lock himself in his bedroom with all his books. He was on the debate team, books and like that. And then there was me <laughs> 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 flying around the house with my mother going at it. But it's Sounds great. Good. That's what you Sounds like you're, it was a good start people for. People need to embrace you to explore
1: people have possibilities. Think, I don't think
0: people embrace their history as much as they used to.
1: Yeah, or learn from it. Right? Apply it.
0: Survey says. Right.
1: Well, your market research. I mean, it's it's all foundational and it's all building upon what you know and what you don't know and how you get there. Um but I love that you had a base. You had this great um perspective of entrepreneur and art and community. Um I was blessed, you know, yeah. my parents
0: were big in the community giving back. You know, like you were giving back with all the work that you do in the community. It's so important. People don't do it enough No, anymore.
1: And I think that when you don't have it ingrained in you at an early age, you sort of start off at a deficit to not know how to really integrate yourself into a place and how to make those connections. And not everyone's great at making connections. So, but you are Charlie
0: Epstein. And you are too.
1: And here we are. We're already at our first break. What have we talked about? <laughs>
0: Nothing. A little bit of the brief history of Charlie Epstein. Find <laughs> yeah. out All right, we really have to, to dig into business. Stay next tuned. Assignment. Yeah. Stay tuned. There's more.
1: This is Tara Brewster. You're listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm here today with Charlie Epstein of Epstein Financial, and we're going to hear a little bit about his Yield of Dreams show coming up. Stay tuned.
0: The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP.
1: Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and I'm here today with Charlie Epstein, who, if you haven't met Charlie, you should. He's kind Thank of a you. wild man. And if you have met him, I'm sure you'll remember him because he's a funny guy.
0: That's sweet. Wild and funny all at the same time.
1: Wild and crazy guy. I didn't I say wild and crazy guy because
0: that's been taken. Yeah, it's true. By some other people. By some really brilliant guy.
1: So we talked a little bit about your past, right, your past, you're, you're, you're growing up a little bit and touching on some of that stuff about your roots. And we know that you are a financial service provider, but I would also like to talk a little bit about what else you do. What is also your passion that is equally met um, with your kind of financial guy side?
0: Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm very, very lucky. Like I said, I have this divine discontent growing up. I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I wanted to be an entertainer my whole life. And when I went to college, I was an economics major who basically lived in the theater. I went to Colgate University. My dad wanted me to, you know, go into business. So I remember my freshman year, my dad called me up and said, "So what are you going to major in?" And I was like, um, "It's funny because I got to Colgate and realized they don't have a major in theater." Like, you think I would have figured that out before. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'll be an English major, and I'll minor in the theater. And my dad goes, yeah, that and 50 cents will get you a cup of coffee. So I went, I'll be an economics major, and I'll live in the theater. He said, well done. Click. <laughs> so, so that's what I was. I majored in economics, and I went out for every show possible. And the wildest thing was my freshman year. You know how your, your freshman year, if you went to college, you have to get your ID, and everybody's in line, and trying to get to know each other. And I knew when I went there that there was another person whose last name was Epstein, Ivy Epstein. And I'm in line talking to these people, and there's this woman, you know, we're talking, and we'd been in line for like 45 minutes just talking, talking, and we suddenly looked at each other and went, oh, my God, it's you. It was Ivy. Now, she was already a professional actor. She had a stage name, Ivy Austin. Her father was musical coordinator at Sesame Street, but like my father, he wanted her to go get a college education. So we did all the leads through the four years of college. <laughs> now, she was a triple threat. She could sing, dance, and act. I could act. Like, I got the lead at Laramie High, Junior, as the music man. Well, you got trouble with my friends right here in River receiver I'll show a pool player. And I'll never forget... They had to decide between me and another guy. He could sing, but he couldn't act. I could act, but I can't sing, right? Mm-hmm. Anyways, I get the part. We
1: encourage singing on the show. We my, do. my
0: brother and sister who could sing. <laughs> my mother was an opera singer. Thanks for giving me you know, these lungs.
1: You can't have it all.
0: Well, the coolest thing, is it, the, the original music man, Robert Preston, he couldn't sing either. Well, you got trouble, my friend, right here in River City. Well, sure, I'm a pool player. Certainly mighty proud to say I'm always mighty proud to say it. You just talk it. So I'm doing the show, my brother's in the audience, and at intermission, this guy turns to him and says, man, that kid can act. It's too bad he can't sing. <laughs> <laughs> and here I am, 65 to B, and my brother constantly reminds me of when I was 16 <laughs> of that moment. But,
1: so you so over, overcompensate.
0: So anyways, I go through college, do all these shows, but I'm an economics major, and then it's I'm going to graduate, and I'm going to New York to be a starving actor with all my acting friends. And... My dad ended up telling me something that changed my life. He had me, he made a list of business mentors that I could call up and take to lunch and find out why they were so successful. Think about this. I'm right? I'm I'm junior year in college, don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to New York, and I take all these people out to lunch.
1: Smartest.
0: And one of them was a man named Hillard Aronson, who was a financial advisor, agent for Mass Mutual. And I'm waiting tables at what used to be the old gathering in West Springfield. It's now CALS, those all male waiters. And he's like, well, what are you doing? I said, I'm waiting tables you know, at night because I'm going back to London you know, for theater. He says, what are you doing in the day? I said, sleep. <laughs> <laughs> right? He goes, no, why don't you come to work for me during the day? I'm going, to do what? He's like, I'll teach you the guts of the life insurance business. And I'm thinking, oh, Every kid's dream, right? I want to be a cowboy. I want to be an astronaut. I want to learn how to sell whole life and universal life insurance. So I went one day and ended up working five days a week you know, for four months. And when I graduated college, he said, hey, come work with me. And so instead of going to New York to be. Whatever. I, right,
1: blank. Fill in the blank.
0: I ended up at 21 going into the life insurance business. So good. And I talk about this on my show, Yield of Dreams. Before you can do that, you have to take an aptitude test. And I am so proud to tell everybody on this show that to this day, I hold a record on that test. Now, MassMutual has been in business for 18, since 1850, and no one has ever gotten a score as low as a 2 <laughs> out of 100. I got a 2 out of 100. Wow.
1: And they still took you? <laughs> no,
0: they wouldn't take
1: you. Oh, okay. The general, agent, like, the, wow. ge- the general agent
0: John was like, Mann was oh like, God. not you, kid. Yeah. Think about it. I'm right out of college, single. Oh. I'm not married. I don't know anybody. And Hilly said, don't worry about it. And I worked on commissions. Oh.
1: But okay? look at you now. I mean, you should be the right? poster kid for alternative education. Well, I'm calling Ken Danford. I was, I was the oh, young,
0: young agent of the year. And as a matter of fact, yeah. Northampton was oh really where I made so my career because I, I said, I'm not calling on people in Springfield. And in the 1980s, this was the place. Like right over here on Pleasant Street, one of my dearest friends, Marie Case, opened up the first copy print business ever. And I knocked on her door. I actually delivered a at- road atlas. She responded to a mailing. And she was so busy, she was a one-woman show, that I jumped over the counter and started waiting on customers for her and making copies and she was so grateful that she Signed bought shirt. Oh, heck yeah! Right. She <laughs> <bought> <laughs> oh my god, sign me. me up!
1: I'm there. I right. just like saw it, and all we, of it. We
0: became, we've been yeah, friends, best friends. And then oh she referred me to every young oh, yeah. entrepreneur up here in Northampton. Northampton made my career the first three years. Yeah. Then we expanded into financial planning. Then we expanded into the 401k world. So here we are, 43 years later. I know.
1: I love, I love your family. I don't even know them, but the fact that your dad said take these people out to lunch. I mean, that is like what I do.
0: He was so smart. I coffee
1: and I lunch with people because you're sustaining them. You're taking care right? of them. You're feeding them. You're having a moment of pause and of breathing mm. and of really deep connection. And yeah. I love your dad.
0: Yeah, you would have what loved him. What a gift. He was great. He was great. But I mean,
1: and it saved you probably. It did, but from New York and from for, yourself. For those
0: seven or eight years, I never gave up my dream of being an actor. And finally in 1987... I got in my car, and I drove to Boston for an open audition for all the summer theaters in New England. You have two minutes to prove your talent. And I hadn't been on stage in 10 years. And I walk out, and I do a god-awful version of Richard, you know, now is the winter of our discontent, may glorious summer. And before I even am done, some guy off stage with a stopwatch yells, thank you, next! <laughs> you know, and I shuffle off, and I was so bad. N- nobody would hire me. And I couldn't even pay a theater to let me be an intern. Like, here, I'll pay you. And they were like, no, you're really bad. We don't want you around. And here's the magic, though. Persistence. Two weeks, no, two weeks later, out of the thin air, I get an invitation from the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts to study Shakespeare at UConn for a month. And I'm like, how the hell do they even know who I was? So I sign up. I take the month of July off, 1987, and I learn dialect and movement and hairstyle and all that stuff. But I crafted a new two-minute audition piece. And then for the next nine months, driving from appointment to appointment, I would rehearse in the rearview mirror of my car. Now is the winter of our discontent to make And in 1988, I drive back to that open audition. 88. 1988. I walk out mm-hmm. on that stage in front of all those directors who had rejected me the year before. I do my piece, and one theater offers me a job, the State Shakespearean Theater in Monmouth, Maine. It's four and a half hours from here, okay? I'm 31 31 years old, and they're gonna, um, they offer me a job as an intern, and they're gonna pay me $25 a week, woohoo, plus room and board. And I'm like, feed me, clothe me, I'm there. And this is my schedule, June, July, August. I'm up there six days a week, working 20 hours a day. I have one day a week to work my business, And at the end of that year, having only worked nine months in my business, I made $50,000 more than I did the year working 12 months. And this is what I talk about in the show. I figured out how to bend time.
1: I need that. Me too. Yeah. (laughs) Round two. Ding, 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 ding. Time to take a break. You've been listening to Charlie Epstein on the Western Mass Business Show, and I'm Tara Brewster. We'll be right back. Bending time.
0: Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP.
1: Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and I'm here today with Charlie Epstein. Oh, boy.
0: Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. We're talking about bending time. I'm, I know.
1: I don't even... I did not expect that. I did not expect to go there. But I did expect you to talk a little bit about the magic that is your life. How you've really created this elaborate... It's not a scheme, but paradigm to be able to do what you love and to survive and to exceed and to excel and to really radiate this this positivity that you too can do what you want and not flounder and fail.
0: I've been blessed. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't easy. No. It was you know a struggle and everything, but you know most people work for a paycheck and then they get to what they call their retirement years. You know where they think they're going to finally do what they love to do. First of all, I hate that the R word. Do you know what retirement means? Slow death. Pretty close. It, it, look it up. It means to put out of use. So about 15 years ago, I'm going, I don't know anybody that's working their tail off to someday be put out of use. I think what everybody's doing is they're working really hard so someday they can do what they really desire to do. Right. So I created a word. It's called desirement. It's Actually, if you Google the word desirement, you'll see my name. My playwright for Yield of Dreams, she said, Oh, my God, you're the only person I've ever met who created a word. So we do something at Epstein Financial called desirement planning.
1: (laughs) I'm just looking at Monty because he has this whole word dictionary. I've
0: been in with the dictionary, but unfortunately... You you can't petition to get your word in the dictionary. Well, People have to start writing. So desirement isn't in the dictionary. I don't really care. But if you Google it, I registered and trademarked it in desirement planning. I
1: I just thought maybe you should talk about that afterwards. Yeah, okay. We'll see. So what a good word. So
0: I think that's, you just hit it on the nose. So what I'm into is imagine living a life where all you did is what fascinates and motivates you. Like living a life of wonderment, joy, laughter, and play, and discovery for discovery's sake. So I wake up every day going, what can I discover today? And what that does to your mind is it opens you up to, oh, you're you're now looking for things to the discover. horizon, yeah. Or anything. Yeah. Like, like being interested in people yep. rather than being interesting.
1: And being in the moment, too. Being able to, like, relax a little bit and let your guard down.
0: Yeah, and my training as an actor, because actors have to live moment to moment to moment. I studied the Meisner method. And Sandy Meisner said, acting is living truthfully in imaginary circumstances. So if you think about it, you go to the theater, you know it's imaginary, the lights come down, and if we, the actors on stage, get it right, you are transported into a world. And so what Sandy said is, so so how do you do that? An actor has to live moment to moment to moment to moment to moment, every night by relating what's happening moment to moment to moment.
1: And, and people it? don't
0: live their life that way because we're all hardwired to go for something. Mm. And so in the process, you miss the moments. Mm-hmm. And that's another part of what the Yield to Dreams is all about. It's like, what are you yielding for and what are your dreams? And how do you live a life of pursuing what you're really passionate about rather than doing a job that you hate so one day you have enough money to finally do what you want to do, and then you know what happens? Because I've been at this for 43 years. My clients come in in their 60s, and they're petrified. Market's crashing right now. Oh, my God, I can't spend any money, and then they don't do anything. It's awful. It's fear. Yes.
1: And it's also long, fear. I mean, it's it's a life unlived. Like, how do you fix that? I mean, that's, that's like, impossible, Right. I mean, how do you make up for that when you're old and you're coming to you with all of this fear around the stock market and like, did we save enough? Are we going to be able to do whatever we wanted to do? It's like you have all of these years of your life where you haven't done what you've wanted to do.
0: Right. Because the first thing is people are afraid to even say what they want to do. Right. Like, what if I tell somebody what I really want and they laugh at me? Right. Or they make fun of me or they like me. Wanting to be an actor and then pathetically, you know, auditioning and getting, no, you got to keep right. you know, coming back at it. Yeah. My son, I'll tell you a story about my son, uh, when he wanted to play lacrosse, he said to me, Dad, I want to try out, he's 19 now, 20, but this was back when he was in seventh grade, months Munson, he goes, I want to try out for the all-Western Mass elite lacrosse team. And he had played like half a semester. I said, dude, these kids have been playing since they were born. And he looks at me like, yeah. So anyways, he goes out. There's 90 kids. And he is positively the worst kid on the field. But he never gives up. And at the end, he's so mad. He knows he's awful. you know. And I go over to one of the coaches to say, hey, thanks for being here. I don't say who my son is. I just say Charlie Epstein. Nice to meet you. He goes, oh, is your son Noah? I go, yeah. And the guy goes, oh, he's going to be good. So I put my arm around my son. Right? And that was on a Thursday. Monday morning, I get an email, congratulations, you've made the all Western Mass look. I'm in tears. He made the team. My son had courage, confidence, commitment, and no capabilities, right? No like, but you can work on capability. You can work on improving. I pick him up from school and I say, Oh, you, you got an email, and I hand it to him and he looks at it and he just gives me this look. I know we're on radio and he goes, he goes, Like, yeah, so. <laughs> that was it. He just went, yeah. <laughs> like meanwhile, all along?
1: meanwhile, you're like, your eyes are all red. <laughs> oh, from I am and like, like, you're I'm like,
0: like <laughs> oh my god, you know, <laughs> you know. And so, I tell people in life, if you've got courage, that's everything. If you can make a commitment and stick to it, that's everything. If you have confidence, that's everything. You can pay for capabilities. You can buy talent, right? You can get better. But those first three, why are you laughing? You're,
1: you're reminding me of the four C's of credit. Um, four C's the of bank. credit.
0: The, the <laughs> Your C's.
1: Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm not laughing at you. I think it's really true. I think that if you have the conviction and the wherewithal to actually like step into the light and be in it and be in that moment and, and rock the stage no matter what. Right. It was like when I went to New York to uh, audition to be a VJ. <laughs> At the worst point in my life for MTV, (laughs) you just got to do it. And if you fail, oh, my God, it's really
0: bad.
1: Talk about New York City. But you do it. You do these things. You're brave. You're bold. You're in the arena. And it doesn't matter what the outcome is because you're in it.
0: But the world will, your mind will doubt you. And the world will doubt you. It's like the first time I did stand-up in New York, it's like 1990, 1991. I'm in an improv class. And improv is really hard. You know, you've done it. And I come to the class, and I say, hey, everybody, I'm going to do stand-up. It was like on a Wednesday. I'm doing stand-up Friday night at Stand-Up New York, and I need you all to come because you have to have people there. But I said, but I'll buy the drinks, right? Financially, I was in great shape, whereas everybody else was starving to death. So they're like, oh, you're going to buy the drinks? We'll be there, right? So the guy running the improv class, who was brilliant, he looks at me, and he says, you're going to do stand-up? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, no, you're going to do stand-up? I go, yeah, yeah. I said, what's the big deal? I said, it's only 10 minutes. And without taking a breath, he goes, that's 6,000 seconds. (laughs) 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 Right? Like, me, it was like, hey, it's only 10 minutes. He goes, it's (laughs) 6,000 seconds. And now my mind is going, oh, (laughs) remedy. Should I be worried about this? And I nailed it. I nailed it. Actually, some boot camp. Stand up boot camp was there, these ten people, and there was a guy in the back recording, so I paid him and I have it, and it we show some of it in the Yield a Dream show of me doing stand up back in the nineteen nineties.
1: When I had hair. <laughs> I would like to see that. You should definitely send me that video. Oh,
0: cool. Yeah. She just wants to see the hair. I, I do. Know. Yeah. I carry a picture with you. You me. met me when I had hair. Yes. You were it's sixteen. it It's been a while. Though. I was thirty. Something like that, right? Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Trouble. I know, trouble, 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 trouble in Square. River City. So, But but what you just said is just, this is this is what I deal with with my clients every day. They're constantly doubting. And it's like you said, if you put it out there, I was on the phone with a client last night driving back from HCC, you know, from rehearsals, and she's like, oh my God, the world's coming to an end. I need some of your optimism. That's why she called me. She said, I just need a hit of your optimism. I was like, oh, baby, <laughs> I can give you that. Why not?
1: But how do you fix a life that hasn't been lived?
0: You can change. Transformation is instantaneous. It's instantaneous. You have to be willing to give up your baggage. And most people, all they want to do is talk about their story. Right? Let me tell you about mine. Oh, you think you have it And that's that thing in your head. The playback. Right, And you get caught. Let it go, oh, so people.
1: Oh, well, I've been almost Come to my that show, like Yield of
0: Dreams, June 23rd, 24th, 25th. Can I plug now? We At still HCC. have one more episode, which we
1: really need to talk about Yield of Dreams on. I swear, I'm going to focus us, hone us in next segment. So we're taking another break. It's Tara Brewster. You're listening to the Western Mass (laughs) Business Show and Charlie Epstein of Epstein Financial. And and coming up, Yield of Dreams at HCC, which is also a benefit for HCC, um, which we haven't talked about yet, which is like near and dear to my heart because all of the overlapping that we're talking about is overlapped again um, by making this a community event, engagement, involvement, and you too can support HCC and community college in our region people going to school, being at school, and really leveling up their own lives um, when we, we just come graduated
0: back, 400 people on June 4th. Yeah. I love it. Yep. I, um, yep.
1: Yeah, so we'll be right back. Tara Brewster, Western Mass Business Show, Charlie Epstein. Stay tuned.
0: The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP,
1: Welcome back to the Western Mass Woo-hoo! Business Show. We've we've almost done it. Let's not start celebrating yet.
0: Are you still with it's us, folks? Are you still countdown. there? We were talking about Northampton in the '80s and '90s, oh, but yeah. we won't go there today. No. Let's do another show. That's another segment. We should do another show. You should have me back.
1: Um, So I loved what we got into the last segment about finding your purpose and really just honing into your truth, your why, and living the life that you want to live in the future in the now. I love that. And I love the community aspect of what your show was all about, Yield of Dreams. Talk about Yield of Dreams. I mean, I feel like Yield of Dreams is a culmination of your life's work, your storytelling, your stage presence, your finance. Yep. It's yeah. all right there. Yeah.
0: Uh, Loud finally. and proud. Yeah, you know, I talk about this in the show, but uh, at one point I say I, I was looking for a way to have these two people, Charlie Epstein, and my stage name is Charles Bertain. So when I got my union card, Actors' Equity, my mother's maiden name is Bertain. She was the opera singer, grandfather, Casa Maseratia Music Hall. So I changed my... It was so funny. I run down to New York to go to Actors' Equity, you know, to get my equity card. Finally, I'm a professional actor. I'm going to get paid. And I go to the guy at the counter, and I say, oh, my God, I want to change my name. He goes, what name do you want? I go, Bertain. I hope nobody has Bertane. He looks at me and goes, seriously? Like, who would have that name? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Charlie Epstein, professional, you know, financial advisor. I'm Charles Bertain, professional actor. And for years, these two were like fighting with each other. Like I couldn't figure out how to integrate. Exactly. Thanks. That was the word. We should use that instead of combine. You... Oh. And so the show <laughs> is the integration of Charlie Epstein and Charles Bertain. The show asks the question, folks, what did you want to be when you grew up? And what happened to that promise? And so it's my always wanting to be an actor and an entertainer, how I ended up in the financial world, but never gave up my dream and then went after it and how I've been able to integrate those two worlds and how I found out that, you know what, people do want a tap dancing, storytelling, joke telling financial advisor. And I realize I'm asking questions of people that no other financial advisor are asking. Like, here's one of them. Most people when they retire, they want their home mortgage paid off so they don't have any bills or any debt. And I'll say, and then they're working their tail off. Is
1: that even a thing?
0: Right? No bills, no debt. Right. Ever. And I'll say to them, which would you (laughs) rather, a life that you hate working to have your mortgage paid off or a life that fascinates and motivates you? And so my job as a financial advisor is to find your heart, find what you're passionate about, and then help you manage your money in a way to support and pursue your passions. And I don't care where you are. You could be... 20 just getting started, or in your 60s like me. And so the show is my story of doing both, and then how I figured out, we talked a little bit about how to bend time, and then I've identified 15 myths people have about their money that influence their choices, and I have this deck of cards, I call it the Desirement Playing Cards, where we identify your biggest priorities in life, your biggest desirement dreams, and what influences your decisions. And that's the conversations that we have with people.
1: And then do you get them to live that now?
0: Exactly. Yeah. You know, I, just before coming up here, I was doing a call uh, with a new client in Southbridge, young guy, really successful in business. And I said to him, when was the last time you took two weeks vacation in a row? And he looked at me and went, what the hell is that? I go, okay, if we're going to work together, this is going to change. And he is wealthy And working his tail off. And his wife said, you know, the 15 and 17 are eventually going to go off. Why don't you start taking, like, a long weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday? I'm like, no, we're going to take, like, a week off. I take 150 free days a year. Those are non-working days. Think about that. Including weekends? Or above and beyond weekends. No. It, I call it a free day. A free day is 24 hours where you disengage disengaged from work. So it doesn't matter whether it's a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, but add them all up. And the way I start the year is I take out a calendar with three highlighters. And first thing I do is I highlight blue are free days. I take 150 days off the calendar. And then I go, okay, we're going to do this much business. I'm only going to work these many days. And then I go to my team and I say, all right, figure out where to send me so we can make this happen, but I won't be here for those other 50 days, 150 days. People are like, what? Because every day is a work day for an entrepreneur, 24-7. And you got to learn to turn it off. Now, that free day, focus day, buffer day comes from my coach, Dan Sullivan, the strategic coach, so I want to tip a hat to Dan, because 25 years ago I've been working with Dan. That's what I learned. And that's what's allowed me to put this show together and try and entertain people with pursuing their passion. So that's what Yield of Dreams is about. It's an entertaining, it's a financially entertaining experience. You'll be entertained, but you'll walk out of there going, I never thought about money this way. I never thought about finance this way. I never thought...
1: And I love that you always remember to look back and tip your hat to the people who have this, helped you Yeah, this show, the show. When you read the
0: playbill, you'll just see a list of my mentor, Hillard, Dan Sullivan, my strategic coach, Swami Kalashar, who was a guru that I met that completely transformed my life, and I talk about Swami in the show. Yep.
1: And then embedded in the show and in all of this goodness that you're talking about and um, some treats for us to apply to our own life is the give back, right? (laughs) Um, Which for me is... All of life. If you're not constantly giving back, then the karmic cycle is not going to spin back towards you, and one hand doesn't wash the other. So talk a little (laughs) bit about your role with HCC, which is where this play is being put on, um, and how the ticket purchasing works and the give back works.
0: Yeah, so I was blessed. Uh, It's probably five years ago. I met Charlie Baker, You know, Governor Baker. He just got elected. He was at the Student Prince downtown of Springfield at a fundraiser and I kind of looked for this opportunity to go up and introduce myself and in the process of talking with him, I actually said to him, I'm going to tell you how to become president of the United States and that got his attention. And half hour after the conversation he said, do you have a business card? And I went, yeah. And a week later I get a phone call, Mr. Governor Baker would like you to come and talk about coming on one of the boards of the community college. So that's how I ended up on HCC's board. I've been on it now four years. And for those of you who don't know, community college, I am a huge community college believer. I went to a private school, but there's no better education at a better price than a community college. We just graduated another 400 students. It's unbelievable young and old adults. You know, we serve a population that can't, never got a college education. They're the first in the family to get a college. Ed- the stories are so inspiring. So I'm blessed and coming
1: with their kids and their families. Oh my and god! Changing careers and yeah, I'm involved with GCC. So yeah, yeah, so you know, I get it. Yep.
0: So for this show, folks, if you buy a regular ticket, so go to YieldOfDreams.live and you can get a ticket. If you buy a regular ticket, I keep the money. But if you buy a dreamer ticket for sixty dollars, regular tickets are thirty for sixty dollars. I donate that to HCC. Then we have a hundred and twenty. The entire. Hundred percent goes to HCC. So if
1: I spend thirty bucks, you get to keep it. But if I spend sixty bucks, then all of it goes to the college.
0: Yep, because it's their seventy-fifth anniversary. And then we have a hundred and twenty-dollar ticket, and we have a thousand-dollar philanthropic ticket. We've sold four of those already. They so, just want
1: to go up on stage. Yeah. Do you let anyone go up on stage? <laughs> no, but you'll get you'll get
0: swag. <laughs> you'll get Yielded Dreams hats and shirts and desirement cards. Pick me, pick it's, me, pick me. So don't give me. Don't buy a thirty-dollar ticket because I keep that money. Yeah. Sixty, 120, one twenty or a thousand. Yeah. It I goes love the incentive. to the kids and the school.
1: So I saw that on the other levels, the sixty and above, um, you get a swag pack. What is yep. the swag pack?
0: So we've got Yielded Dreams hats, shirts, we have my desirement cards, uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff when you go online you'll you'll see it all. Okay, great. Really yeah, great. that's fun. It's June third, um, third, fourth, and fifth. It's next I, Thursday, I, Friday and Saturday. Oh my God! <laughs> I don't
1: even know my lines yet. Oh what am I gonna do? Ah! I I am I have no doubt that this is going to Did you get a ticket? Me. Are you coming? Um, I actually saved it on my phone this morning. Okay. I went to the website. It is an open Young man. tab. Yeah. Monty's just learning yeah, about Monty. it. Maybe just learning about we'll it we'll go together. Monty.
0: I'll send him the link. the whole crew. <laughs> okay. No, really, folks. What were you going to do anyways Thursday, Friday, and Saturday? Actually,
1: I will let you know that Monty's son just did a performance piece at the Shea Theater in turner's falls on stage on stage
0: but is also an hcc and gcc student great so students are free ah all you got to do is show your id all students are free students come 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 come
1: and what was the hundred up to a hundred something like there was like a hundred tickets of first hundred or first
0: hundred people that buy tickets are free yes
1: have you sold a hundred yet (laughs)
0: <laughs> so so listen so do it i, I right? did i did the show too. i did the show last august around the corner here at the northampton arts center and we sold out both nights so folks buy a ticket
1: help hcc yes help help hcc it's, and you
0: will walk away entertained and you'll learn something about money we're making it funny yeah and impactful thank you <laughs> may god bless
1: <laughs> all right So before we get the the cane pulled out on us. Yeah, the hook. Um, I wanted to say thank you to Greenfield Savings Bank, who's one of our sponsors. Yes. My employer, love GSB, uh, 10 branches throughout Franklin and Hampshire County, really committed to community and Business West, who I also love. I keep joking with George O'Brien that he needs to make me a business card. It says Gypsy Rainmaker on it for when I uh, start doing more and more things with them. This is Tara Brewster. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. Beep, beep. And Charlie Epstein is Thank my guest. You. It's been wonderful to reconnect with you, and you're still as magical love you. Love you and tons. wonderful. Yes, I you love you, so too. so beautiful. Thank, Thank you so much. much. so nice to see you. Goodbye. <laughs>